Today on the news and why it matters, Governor Newsom orders an unprecedented stay-at-home and shelter-in-place order for 40 million residents in California. Is that an overreaction? We will get into that. Uh, also, four Senate colleagues sold off stocks before the coronavirus virus crash. Hmm. Are they going to be in trouble for that? We've got a lot to get into on this Friday. By the way, we've got football at the end, so stay tuned for that. Don't change the channel. It starts right now. Happy Friday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We survived week one of level two protocol and, uh, you know, all of you lucky people who get to stay at home because you're, I don't know, essential and all that. We're over here expendable. The non-essential employees, you realize it's in reverse now. The non-essential employees are the ones who get to come into work and uh, risk our lives every single day to bring you the news. Today, I've got Grant Stinchfield, conservative commentator, Grant Stinchfield how in about, the house. How about risking your life? I'm not even getting paid. To be. Risking your life for free. That sounds like a bad investment. Really glad I'm risking my life for this network. <laughs> We've got Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of of the Glenn Beck program, Jason Buttrell, also risking his life. Uh, Jason, I also heard that you were begging to do this from home because you want to brag about your super dope setup that you've got. Oh, I'm going to unveil that soon. That is a dope setup, by the way. And, and if we're the Expendables, I'm totally Sylvester Stallone, I think, in that movie. Oh, my gosh. Know. Here we go. Oh, I, it just got to be, I think. I don't know who you guys would be, but... I don't know I'm because I never it. bothered to watch that movie because everyone <laughs> who has a brain told me it was terrible. No! Uh, we've got a lot to get into. First, I want to uh, I want to go over something that I would like to hit really hard uh, today throughout the show. It's just a daily reminder um, for everyone who thinks that calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus, the Wuhan virus, the Wu flu, uh, the Chinese communist virus, for anyone who has a problem with calling the Chinese virus that, I would just like uh, to issue a daily reminder for you guys. Donald Trump don't trust China. China is I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying we will be reminding you that throughout the program. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom of California announced an order for 40 million residents of California to stay at home in order to prevent the further spread of coronavirus. He says we need to bend the curve in the state of California. And in order to do that, we need to recognize reality. Um, he says that what but I think they're projecting 56 percent of the population is going to be infected with coronavirus over an eight week period. Um, there have also been 19 deaths so far in California. Gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts on if this is a an overreach of power, B just an overreaction in general. But let's listen to a little bit of what Governor 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 Newsom had to say. We're not victims of circumstance. We can make decisions to meet moments. And this is a moment we need to make tough decisions. This is a moment where that. we need some straight talk and we need to tell people uh, the truth. We need to bend the curve in the state of California. And in order to do that, we need to <clears> recognize <throat> the reality. The fact is, the experience we're having on the ground throughout the state of California, the experience that's manifesting all across the United States, and for that matter, around the rest of the world, require us to adjust our thinking and to adjust our activities. In the state of California, many people are very familiar 
uh, with these adjustments. A number of days ago, there were six Bay Area counties that led with stay-at-home orders. Uh, now, as I speak, some 21.3 million Californians reside in a community, in a city and or county that have similar orders. A state as large as ours, a nation state, uh, is many parts, but at the end of the day, we're one body. There's okay. a mutuality That's and there's a recognition of our yeah, interdependence that requires of this moment. That, yeah, that's it. So he goes on to, uh, you know, to talk about it's time for all of us to recognize as individuals and as a community, we need to do more. Obviously, California is the third largest state uh, in the union, just if you're looking at square footage. Um, even with the if if they're correct about the 56 percent of the population that calculates out to twenty five point five million people who would be infected with coronavirus. However, I think a lot of people are, are conflating infection rates with mortality rates. Mm -hmm. that doesn't, that's not to say that that many people or even close to it are going to die or be severely affected. Grant, um, wh what do you think about putting this sort of shelter in place, unprecedented order uh, in effect for California? So I think I'm like many Americans or I'm really confused at what's real and what's not real, what the real danger is compared to what the non-danger is. And so you look at all of this unfold and I still see that the main factor that most people, the large majority, 99% of the people do not die from this. We've shut down economies. California is going to totally shut down this economy. It was already obliterated thanks to liberal policies there. You want to see it <laughs> obliterated now? I've been saying for years, that freedom is fragile. And if you want proof that freedom is fragile, look at what happened over the last week. We have lost all our freedoms in America in an instant. They tell us how we can educate our children. They tell us where we can go. They tell us how we get on an airplane. They tell employers how to pay their employees. The list goes on and on and on. Like that, it was snatched away. And uh, you can argue over motivations behind this, whether they're well-intentioned, whether they're ill-intentioned. The bottom line is freedom is gone in America because politicians decided they wanted to take it away from us. Well, and let me, let me just add on a little bit more to that and see what you think about this. Not only the politicians, but it turns out a lot of people who claimed that they were conservative, not so conservative once they're scared enough. Yeah, so mm -hmm. hysterical people cost lives. Hysterical people are dangerous. You were in the military. Imagine going into battle with a hysterical soldier next to you. You'd be put in more danger. These people that have gone off the deep end buying up toilet paper, what the hell does toilet paper have to do with a lung infection? <laughs> it makes no sense. It doesn't. Um, we, we, we have to be watch very, very careful and have a, you know, a watchful eye on the government. It's more important now than ever because we are opening a Pandora's box with this. It's gonna continue to spiral out of control. Power that they achieve, especially big government, very rarely goes away. You look at the Patriot look at income tax, all these different things that are still around came in times of crisis. We are now in a time of crisis, whether you think it's overblown or not. Um, but that doesn't matter to the people that in, who are in Washington, D.C. who are asking these questions right now. And they're saying, how much freedom are they willing to let go? Exactly. How, how scared do they have to be? How scared do they have to be? They are asking those questions. Now, we have to ask those questions on our own so that we know when to push back. 
The weird thing about the things that this governor is doing, Newsom's doing, is that they do have the power to do this. And it's scary. And I've never looked into this before, but I was just reading state code and laws on, on every other state. And they do, under police powers uh, acts, they have the powers to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, it's written very vague, and I think on purpose yeah. so, so that they can do pretty much whatever they want in these cases. Now, if you are in some of these areas and you think that you are unjustly quarantined, you need to file a lawsuit against them so we can stop this crap. Mm -hmm. Now, Governor Newsom is, wait, yes, to answer your question before, he's overstepping his power here, I believe. Does he have the power to do it? Yes. But the problem is you can't just put a blanket on the entire state. Right. There's other areas you, you travel uh, within California, upstate, you know, very, very rural, rural areas. There's small businesses, small community businesses. They're not even dealing with this probably right now. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. But now you're going to put their economies in the same boat as a place like in the barrier that is is bad? No, and the reason, and the, and the system in America is set up so that you go to the local government for, actually, screw that. First, you go to the individual. It's our responsibility to yes. figure out what's best for our families, our communities. Yes. Then it goes to the city. Then it's up to that mayor who lives in these, I'll take his opinion on what's best for his community, the guy that lives there, has a house there, mm -hmm. any day and twice on Sundays before I, I trust Gavin Newsom. Right. Yeah. So it's up to him. Then that mayor says, okay, this is what we're going to do. Maybe he's going to say, okay, I, I, no, we're fine. We can still keep restaurants open. We can still keep public places open for now. Mm -hmm. I'll assess later. Then it goes on from there. But what he did is said, screw you. I know better than all of you because I want to protect my own butt. I'm going to do this now, regardless if it screws and decimates all these other cities. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, even when you look at what's been what's being done at the local levels, uh, I mean, what in South Lake? down the road, the mayor there declared a state of emergency, listed all this this declaration of, you know, whereas this happens, this happens, this happens, I have the authority to do this, this, and this, including, you know, commandeer a house or a small business if we need to set up whatever we need to set up, a hospital, a military base, uh, you know, whatever. And you're looking at that, I know, I know. And you're looking at that and you're going, okay, are they really going to need to do this? No, probably not. But why are why are we already to the point where you're signing that and saying, yes, I can do this if I need to? And to your point, South Lake, Texas is one of the most conservative communities yeah. in America. Yeah. And that's the mayor there making this declaration. Uh, I can tell you, uh, to Jason's point, that I know what's best for my employees and my family far better than any governor or senator or even the president does in a faraway city from where we are living. I ask, how is this gonna work in California? I, I run FedEx trucks, 18 wheelers that mm. haul freight. Those guys are working their butts off right now. Mm. They're super busy. Yes. It's one of the few businesses, knock on wood, thank God, that they are absolutely busy. What is Gavin Newsom gonna shut down that? What about Amazon? How are you gonna get food to people that are, that are ordering through Amazon delivery services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How's that gonna work? You know, to that to your point about the truck drivers, I was just tweeting about this today. I, I was just driving over to work. I stopped in to get uh, some gas and there's a truck driver there. And I was like, hey, I just walked over to the truck driver. I was like, hey bro, man, thanks a lot. I man. hope you stayed six feet away. Uh, Probably. I don't know. <laughs> but I walked up to him and said, hey, bro, thanks a lot. Because we were at the grocery store uh, a couple days ago, and the truck drivers keep going in. The food keeps yeah. going in. The toilet paper keeps showing up, even though everyone's stupid and hoarding it. But it's still showing up because they are working their butts off right now. And I'm just reading stories about how they're closing down rest areas and they're closing down truck stops. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel comfortable because they're there doing this job right now. There's a guy answering on, on Twitter that said that he just finished an entire week of just exhaustion delivering food everywhere. And he's just, he's just, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's still strong, but he's exhausted. He's yeah. overwhelmed. And I was like, man, where would we be without these? I want, I'm going to work with Glenn 
hopefully on Monday, so that we can maybe start, like, and I would encourage anyone watching right now, if, get your local churches involved in this. I'm sure between all of us and the churches that we can set up a network to where we can provide that stuff. We can pull that weight. So churches can open up and say, truck drivers, come on in. We've got showers. we got food. Come into us, and we'll take care of you while you do this during this difficult mm -hmm. time. But it's so important right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we've got more on the coronavirus. And I want to ask both of you, by the way, what is our societal responsibility to one another when you're trying to measure and you're trying to weigh, uh, you know, being an individual and having that freedom and also the, quote, greater good? Because I do think it's an interesting it's an interesting equation that we have to balance here in America. Uh, first, want to tell you about home title lock. So you may not know it unless you are one of the many people that it's happened to. But home title fraud is one of the fastest growing crimes here in America right now, uh, according to the FBI. We actually had some retired FBI agents come into the studio and they showed Glenn and Stu and Pat uh, how easy it was. They literally just like they stole their uh, home titles out from under them because it's all kept on online. So you can go and hack into all these systems and steal the home's title. You can forge the signature, which they were like, that's my signature, but I didn't sign this. And they were like, yeah, we did. That's how easy it is. So obviously, you know, you get that into the wrong hands. Someone goes and files that and they've got all your equity, all of your retirement nest egg that you have been saving up. They've got it. They can sell your house from right underneath you. They can do whatever they want with it. And the most the scariest part of all of this is that no identity theft program, no bank, nothing protects you from this particular fraud except home title lock. Home title lock is there. They protect your home's mortgage and title, and they put like a virtual barrier around it. They shut it down anytime they see any sort of tampering. They're monitoring it, and they are on it. You can register right now at HomeTitleLock.com. Get one month of risk-free protection. All you have to do is register. You type in your address. The only way you're going to know if you've already been a victim of this is to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Enter your address. Use promo code Y for that one month risk-free protection. That is HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Y, W-H-Y. Four senators uh, are reported to have sold off their stocks worth millions of dollars in just the days leading up to the coronavirus outbreak and the subsequent stock market crash, according to reports. Now, this is from ProPublica, which is heavily left. Now, the reports initially came out and they were uh, it was all Republicans. It was Richard Burr of North Carolina, Kelly Loeffler of Georgia and uh, James Inhofe of of Oklahoma. Um, later on, Senator Dianne Feinstein was added into that category just because this is public uh, records that you can go and, you know, check, go look up uh, from previous transactions. Now, um, a couple of the senators have already responded to this. Obviously, this would be considered uh, insider trading. Uh, there's the what's it called? The Stock Act mm -hmm. that they passed several years ago that prevents them from being able to, you know, be briefed on some sort of inside information uh, that would affect the country and then go and sell their stocks and profit off of it or not, you know, make sure that they are not hurting from it. And then, you know, turns out Americans, regular Americans didn't have access access to those reports. Uh, Richard Burr responded. He gave us he tweeted out a statement in response to this report about recent financial disclosures. He said, I relied on 
solely on public news reports to guide my decision regarding the sale of stocks on February 13th. Uh, and he closely followed CNBC's daily health and science reporting out of its Asia bureaus. And uh, he says he asked the chairman of the Senate Ethics Committee to open a complete review of the matter with full transparency. So that was his response. Uh, we also have Senator Loeffler. She said, this is a ridiculous and baseless attack. I do not make investment decisions for my portfolio. Investment decisions are made by multiple third-party advisors without my or my husband's knowledge or involvement. As confirmed in the periodic transaction report to Senate Ethics, I was informed of these purchases and sales on February 16th, 2020, three weeks after they were made. So those are the responses that we have so far. Now, I mean, if that's what they're saying, that there, there is a, you know, someone who does these, this trading for them that they don't see, which would be the smart way to do it, right? Like if you're in the, if you're in the Senate, if you're in Congress, you want to be as far removed from that picking and choosing as you can be. But I mean, it'd be, that would be pretty awful to find out somehow that they were involved in that directly. One common theme I have is I don't trust anybody. <clears throat> and I especially don't trust the ruling class of career politicians that have hijacked this country. Mm -hmm. And that is what we have. They live by a special set of rules and they have the audacity to say they're talking to the ethics committee chairman. They're all the same. Yeah. They're all toasting their scotches in the basement of the Capitol building every night. They're not going to do anything mm -hmm. to them. This is the height <laughs> of abuse of power when you get inside information inside Congress, if that's what happened. Uh, I tend to believe people aren't that lucky, right? Yeah. And so if they did get inside information that we are not privy to, I don't know about you guys, but my stock portfolio has been devastated. I worked seven years and I'm mad like everybody else is out there. I'm not complaining because everybody's in the same boat. Seven years you work to see it just away, mm. gone, poof. Come back, I'm young enough, but some people aren't young enough. Right, we build it back. But these people in Congress, and this is when I was running for Congress in 2011, my opponent in a Republican primary, and I don't care whether they're Republicans or Democrats, if you're profiting off of your power, it is wrong. My opponent doubled his net worth from 2008 to 2011. I used to be able to say that was the worst economy that we've seen in recent American history. Now we have a new one. How do you double your net worth from 2008 to 2011? How do they come up with the idea that they're going to sell their stock portfolio on February 13th before the whole thing crashes? Mm. Give me a break. Yeah, Jason, uh, Diane Feinstein also said that she she's in the same boat as uh, Loeffler. She says she said that I've held all my assets in a blind trust. I don't have any control over it. Um, I mean, part of me, I, I agree with you, Grant. First of all, if if that's the case, it's disgusting. And, you know, they should not be in Congress. But I kind of agree. It's like, how convenient that none of them know anything about their transactions. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, but in the, the conflicting statements, the what was it, uh, the first guy, who was the first guy? Burr. Uh, Burr was like, hey, I was just watching CNBC right, and did this. Right, so he we, says, I, uh, I just was yeah. getting, operating off the same information everyone else was getting for like the five people who watch CNBC. Yeah, and, then the, and the other two is, no, I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Come on, man. We, we, exactly. this, is, this, is, this is so obvious. Was it, it was a de Blasio, I was thinking I was looking at de Blasio over in New York City and looking at how, the, like the money that he had made since being in office. And it's so freaking obvious. He was just a, like a regular guy before he, be, he got into government. Then when he got into government, then he was a multimillionaire. You know, like, this is so obvious. And these are the people that are trying to, like, talk about equality and all this stuff. Yeah, equality for all the people underneath you while I rule over you with all the money that I get and enrich myself off of you. Right. The shame of it is, 
Every single one of those people we mentioned and everybody else in Congress, when they were first elected, they went up there saying this was not going to be them. You want to talk about the Wuhan virus? How about Potomac fever? Potomac fever is way more contagious than the Wuhan virus, and Potomac fever has taken over. That's what that is. Mm. Power hungry. They put self-interest over national interest every day of the week, and we get screwed in the process. Mm. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back around to uh, just kind of the, the question that I asked before the break, although I think that it's time. It's been a few minutes since we have reminded everyone um, the the people of Hong Kong would like to remind you of something during this broadcast. <laughs> Donald Trump don't trust China. China is. I just thought you may need a a gentle reminder there. Uh, It's like no new cases, right? The media trust China. The media trust China. They're talking points. They parrot China's talking points. No new cases. Give me a break. I don't believe China. Just like I don't believe our own senators. Oh, my God. Well, and it's it's funny because, you know, people say, well, whatever. It doesn't matter what you call it, even if you're trying to call it that. That doesn't help things. I'm like, well, you know what else doesn't help things? To carry Chinese Communist Party's water for them. That exactly. doesn't really help things no, either, do you think? So uh, I, I'm okay with calling it the Chinese virus, and if you're not okay with it, maybe you need to rethink your priorities. Um, so, you know, you it's, it's difficult in America because we live here. Again, we're not China, so we don't have the government yet coming to our doors, you know, uh, nailing, hammering them shut or pulling them out, you know, into the streets. I mean, we're not China. We're not supposed to be China. We have freedoms here that China doesn't have. Kind of. But kind did, of. Did, you, kind of. Did, you, did you see in Ohio, they actually, the governor uh, actually had an armed guard stand in front of this one man's house because he tested positive, yes. positive for coronavirus. An armed guard. So that's, that's insane. I know. So that's my question is, what responsibility do we have as Americans to the general population, because you hear, you so often hear the term, you have to do it for the greater good. It's your responsibility to do it for the greater good. And while I don't disagree with the sentiment that we should all be compassionate people, I disagree with the idea that the government should force you to do something for the greater good, because here in America, I mean, you have the right to be a jerk, right? (laughs) If I don't agree with your, you know, your decision, you still have the right as an individual to make it, just like I have a right to quarantine myself and not come out if I am, in fact, that scared of the virus. So I go back and forth on it. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on on that, Grant. You know, I think for the most part, people are responsible. Yeah. They know if they're sick, they should stay home and not go and be around other people. Part of me says, if the numbers are correct on the on the small percentage of people that are actually dying from this, I wish the response would have been, you know what, we're going to take care of our seniors, we're going to shelter them down in place, mm-hmm. we're going to seal off the, the nursing homes and only get deliveries, no family visits, no any of that stuff, and then we're going to let people do their thing, and if it spreads, it spreads. People get sick for a couple of weeks, but we don't ruin an entire economy over it. In, in California, he said, what, 56 million people will be affected? Will, will be 56%. 56%. So I believe it was 25 million Okay, people. so 56% of the people... What are you closing it down for? How how many people were going to be infected if you didn't close it down? Right, right. Well, and to your point, too, just to play kind of devil's advocate on this particular subject, what if you have a senior who says, yeah, I've lived my life. I'm 80. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to take that risk. If I die from it, so be it. I'm an American and I can make that choice if I want to. Jason. Um, That's an interesting scenario. I uh, I think the I think the biggest problem now is that it's we've had what 
probably since the 19th, since probably since LBJ, there's been this shift towards you need the government to do things for you. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't how, that wasn't what our country was founded on. It's not what it's all about. That's not what being a conservative is about. Being conservative is more about localization. We've gotten away from the local, our, our localized responsibility. So in, in the perfect scenario, this would have been handled at the family level, community level, then you go out towards right. the city level. Right. That's how it should have been done. And I think if, if, if we looked at things more along those ways, we wouldn't be inviting the government to do all these things. They wouldn't be able to, so easily to do these sweeping measures because you're too stupid. You know, you're too, you're too much of a dummy to be able to handle this on your own, so we'll do it for you. Oh, and then we'll get stronger and stronger, you know, as time goes on. We don't think that way. Now, this is an, a great opportunity, you know, to actually be, you know, self-reliant, self, -reliant, self you know, responsible for your own actions. But then you get these, like, like these idiot kids, like in Florida, right. you're inviting the government to step in and do something at that point. And the media was all saying, I cannot believe the governor of Florida isn't shutting those down. Yeah, because the governor in, uh, of Florida, uh, DeSantis, was actually responsible on that. He was like, hey, the people that, the mayors in those cities, it's up to them. It's up to them to do to, to do something about this. It's not my, it's not my call yet. He could, but he's actually being conservative on it, and I applaud the governor in Florida for doing that. But we've gotten so far away from that. I don't. It's like I, I don't know. I, again, I, my hope is it's something like this. We'll see how much the government overstepped, whether it was state level or whether it was federal. The, the history of the media over the last 10 years and the damage that it's done to itself with that whole industry of basically lying to the American public mm -hmm. has exacerbated this problem because nobody knows what to believe. I said I didn't believe the senators. I don't believe China. I certainly don't believe the media. All they want to oh, do man. is sensationalize. I was in the mainstream media for 20 years. Sensationalism was at the top of the list. You go into any news director's office, how can you ramp it up? Jazz that story up like, like never before. This is what we're having. So no one knows what we should really believe. How dangerous is this virus? I'm still not convinced. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. I really don't know. I know. See, and the media doesn't care, really, to let you know that. They're just looking to sensationalize things. If they really cared, they would lead with the facts. We tried to do that on our show on Wednesday. Glenn did. But they never say that, look, 80% of the people that catch this, they're going to probably feel almost like you are feeling right now. Maybe a little bit under the weather. But you would still probably go into work. That's about how it is. Some, some of them, like Tom Hanks, I don't think ever broke a fever. Right. Yeah. Really didn't. 80%. That's how you'd feel. Yeah. All right. More to come when we return. No, 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 no. I, uh... <laughs> Donald Trump don't trust China. China is Saying, <laughs> putting it out there. Uh, a newly released poll has found that President Donald Trump's approval rating for how he has handled the coronavirus outbreak has skyrocketed mm. over the last week. That is comforting news to me. Uh, in the new poll, 55% of Americans approve of the president's management of the crisis compared to 43% who disapprove. Now, this approval uh, is up from last week when the numbers were nearly reversed. Only 43% approved of Trump's handling of the pandemic, 54% disapproved. You know what's amazing about that? That's in. That's despite the media coverage. Exactly. Right. And how you were just talking, Grant. I've lost track of trying to fact check some of these things just on social media. Like the whole thing, like, 
you know, Trump fired the U.S. pandemic, you know, uh, response team. No, he didn't. Right. And a guy that was there had to write a Washington Post editorial to explain that. And of course, that got less shares than the than the original claim did. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and the other, some of the other things, like defunding the CDC. Nope, never happened. Yep. And on and on and on and on. All this negative press. Meanwhile, the, the president is doing such a good job on this that you have Gavin Newsom saying, hey, Sorry, I can't say anything bad. They're they're on it. Cuomo and, and Cuomo. Cuomo. I think that was a direct quote. They're, his team is on it. Yeah. Whoa. Like I know. You, you, oh, oh, I'm sorry. We covered this on the show yesterday, and I thought hell froze over. Ilan Omar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was like, oh, this one I don't trust. <laughs> I don't like this one. I don't like Something. it if she agrees with them. Yeah, that's insane. But despite all of that, Americans are pretty happy with this, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I'm, I'm actually pretty I don't know. It makes you feel good. I don't I don't think this hurts President Trump's reelection. Really? Uh, You know, I always said the economy is going to be the key to President Trump's reelection. But, you know, Joe Biden is so bad right now. Like, (laughs) I I think you could put Mickey Mouse up and, and he'd beat Joe Biden. It's interesting that you say that because that's what I've asked on the program earlier this week. I've said, usually you do look at the economy, but Joe Biden is the outlier here that he's He's so so incompetent. President Trump can now make an argument saying, if you think it's bad now, can you imagine what it would have been like with Joe Biden at the helm? Right. right? And and so. um, Who, by the way, disagreed with President Trump closing the the border to. Of course, he's going to. And that's what's so derelict on their part is that they're going to disagree with the president no matter what he does. Now, I will say this about President Trump. Trump, his addresses to the nation and oftentimes when he gives his press conferences in very serious settings, he's not the greatest at it. Yeah. He's better off the cuff. Yeah, he's not good on prompter. And, and I think it's had some effects on the markets in his ability to either say what he means or make it look like he's not quite flying by the seat of his mm-hmm. pants. But when we talk about what's your responsibility and who we are as Americans, I would like to urge the traders out there at these big banks that are huge hedge funds that are pushing this market lower. I don't know anybody who has the Wuhan virus, and I don't know anybody who sold their stocks through all of this. Yet the market continues to go down, and apparently we see more cases. Like, I'm baffled by it all. The hedge funds are pushing these markets lower, and they are profiting off of the chaos and hysteria. Mm -hmm. I get it, it's their prerogative to try to make money, but at some point, when do you say we're all in this together? Let's just tap the brakes a minute. Yeah. Jason, how do you see this affecting the election in November? And and let's say let's say it like this. Let's say it dies off in a couple months, right? Because we don't have any indication that it's going to stick with us through the summer. I know there was a study that came out. It was a preliminary study, but it did say that uh, the warmer you get, the less inclined coronavirus is to spread. So let's say that this dies out in a couple months. How do you see this affecting President Trump, if at all? I think the way he's handled it is going to help him, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I, what's, in, what's weird is some things that we might not be comfortable with, like bailouts and you know stimulus packages and stuff like that, we normally take a step back from. His opponents on the left love that crap. Mm-hmm. So he, they're going to have a hard time attacking him from measures that they agree with. Right. So they're going to be all about the economic measures, um, they're going to be all about uh, the support that he's been giving them, like get, like Newsom, like um, Cuomo. It's going to be hard for them to attack him. The media is still going to do their due diligence and try to attack him. And it's, but it's going to be about the stupid crap, mm-hmm. like the, this racism stuff and all that. Like, I don't think those tactics will work. I am worried about the economy. 
I am worried about that. I, th- I, th- I thought that from the very get-go, the only thing that could scuttle his presidency or re-election was going to be the economy. Because right now, the Democrats are like saying, hey, things are so bad, that's why you need to elect Biden. But remember, but everyone is like, no, it's not bad. The economy's great. But re- and the economy, still the basis of it, is great, right? The only reason the economy has gone into the toilet is because of the Wuhan virus, and we've shut down commerce as we know it in yeah. America. I think most Americans, Average, everyday Americans out there that are watching this know this is not President Trump's fault that the Wuhan virus has now taken over America, that stocks are down. It's not the president's fault. If the economy would have tanked on his watch when it's business as usual. Without a crisis. Without a crisis, Mm -hmm. that would have. But this is like 9-11. You you don't blame President Bush for stocks going down after 9-11. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, well, and I mean, again, you would think that if people are walking into this, let's even say that he did, that they did blame him a little bit. Let's say that they did just again to play devil's advocate. You'd still go. Yeah, but the other side, what would the other side do to make me feel more comfortable? Because usually when your when your vote depends on the economy, you've at least got someone else who you're like, yeah, they're more competent. They'll, They'll be able to handle it better. You got Joe Biden. You're like, I don't love the way President Trump handled it, which I'm not saying, but I'm saying even if you could say that. But that guy over there doesn't even know what day it is. Look, so what other choice do I even have? Presidents rely on those around them to help yeah. them make decisions, especially in crisis. <clears throat> President Trump doesn't know anything about the Wuhan virus. He's right. not a scientist. Right. He's relying on experts to tell him. Yeah. And, and so I don't think this is really the partisan nature of it. It's who capitalizes on it in mm-hmm. a partisan way that mm-hmm. is going to be the problem. Um, President Trump's doing what he what he can do. But in the end, the, the one sole entity that we have to blame for this is China. China. Mm-hmm. China holds responsibility for this. And I am not convinced that China's not gloating right now, that they're not actually happy, that they just sacrificed their own people in order to have this virus spread to America. To me, I look at it as a biological attack. People may call me crazy, but I promise you, they're, they're, they're looking at this in China saying, ha, you nailed our economy. Well, we nailed you right back. Do I have time to explain? Yeah, last that? word. So it's so bad what China did. In late December, the story is just now getting out that they actually went in the communist Chinese Communist Party went into the laboratories and said, destroy all of your evidence, destroy everything you've we've done on this virus. They already knew everything about this virus in late December. By January 8th, the US CDC was invited to go to Wuhan. But the Chinese withheld information that it was transmitted from human to human contact. That was huge. Yeah. So by January 14th, the, they, the Chinese, China submitted their full report to the WHO and said this is not transferable human to human. Which we know that this, the reason why this virus is exceptional right. is because how it travel transfers human to human. They lied three different times, destroying evidence to the CDC, then to the WHO. Meanwhile, flights continued to go back and forth, back and forth to Wuhan, especially in places like Italy. We didn't. We were the first ones to shut down. That wasn't until I think March first. Mm-hmm. So from Jan to from late December to March first, that's why you're on lockdown right now because China did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think it's okay if we do call it the Chinese virus, okay? And by the way, don't forget. Donald Trump don't trust China. China is 
All right, we're, I don't want to talk about coronavirus anymore. Can Thank we God. talk football? Okay, all right, let's talk. Make me talk about the Patriots. Oh, <laughs> That's worse. There's nothing else going That's on. Worse. Let's talk about the virus. That's let's worse. talk about the virus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I mean, technically, we don't have to talk about the Patriots, That's really, true. because Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot. Uh, he is officially a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He just signed a two-year, uh, $50 million guaranteed contract with Tampa Bay. 42 years old. He's already won six Super Bowls. Uh, is this guy ever going to retire? So I, I say he's going down the path of just go out while you're on top, man. I know that I his last sure game of the would. season of his season was not good, yeah. and that probably played a big role oh, in yeah. why he wants to come back. Yeah. He's not going to win a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. <laughs> and, and so I wish he'd go out on top. You know, I ended up starting to like Tom Brady. The older he got for mm -hmm. a 51-year-old, I'm thinking, hey, he gives a good name to all old guys. <laughs> but just go home. Yet, well, thank you. <laughs> just go home and, you know, unless he loves the money, which who doesn't love the money? Right now, if his True. stock's like my stock, he's got to work next to <laughs> he, was, he was trying to decide, and then the coronavirus right. hit. And he was like, all right, I'm signing another contract. What's crazy is he's never gotten paid that much. Yeah. He, he was like, I was like, well, last year, what do you make, like $12 million or something like that last that's, year? That's nothing. Well, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was living in a shack, but eating there, beans and rice every day. It was awful. I mean, he, he, but he's like the goat. I think everyone pretty yeah, much he confirms he's the, he's the goat. Which drives me nuts because I, I, uh, you, you start to like him. I can't stand the guy. You can't? I can't freaking stand him, but I can't deny that he is the goat. Yeah. I can't, and that, it drives me bonkers because I want... I want someone to be the greatest of all time who is actually like, a, I like the person. I don't think that they've cheated in the past. You know what I mean? Like, no. I want them to be an upstanding citizen, and I don't like him. Well, but you can't deny it. I, I, hope, I hope he's successful because as much as I do hate Tom Brady, because... I don't know. It's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. Yes. I, mean, that's I, it. I hate the organization and I hate like Bill Belichick yes. a lot worse. Mm -hmm. So I would just love for him to go into Tampa Bay and actually take them to like, you know, an NFC championship game or something. Like that. Just so he could say, see, Bill, it wasn't all Bill. It right. Was right. That's true. That'd be dope. Okay, that's, that'd be dope. And Well, and by the way, you know, we're talking about this football news. Uh, we don't even know if sports are ever going to be played again. Right. It's they insane. may never play another sport again. It's we insane. have no idea if Tom Brady will ever actually get out on the field with Tampa Bay. You want to see civil ride. unrest in this country? Cancel the football season. You'll get civil I, unrest. I took a picture. Of, of Wednesday Night Raw or whatever, wrestling, right? Yeah. Every now and then I'll watch it with my 10-year-old son. There was nobody in the stands. They were still wrestling. Oh, my God. No and they're there. jumping up on the top rope with, like, nobody there playing. To the, it was, oh my it looked God. ridiculous. That's weird. I never realized how important the crowd is to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's weird that they'd still be motivated to get out and do it with no one cheering no them one on. Yeah. yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, all right, Marvel Comics. I know you guys have been waiting for this moment. They're finally debuting their long-promised non-binary superhero. Oh, yay. Part of their new Warriors reboot. The superhero's name is Snowflake. <laughs> and his superpower is generating snowflakes. Oh, my gosh. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Uh, and also, Snowflake's twin is named Safe Space. Is that true? This is really true? I'm, I'm reading Saturday Night Live. Babylon B. It's got to be. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. I believe it was on the Daily Wire. <laughs> I know. I've left you speechless. Speechless. Dude, so Marvel has made this, like, I, what is it? Kevin Feige is, like, the, the mastermind now uh, at Mar over at Marvel. He, uh, he, he, that's what he said. He said they were going to start picking characters 
based on inclusion. And I was like, enjoy losing money, right? I was like, box office. Why? No one like, cares how about, about that. Like, like, if you name a superhero, Safe Space. I mean, <laughs> I come on. Well, even like, Snowflake. Is like. there any way that there is there, there? I mean, they can't be. I'm wishful thinking, but there's no way they're poking fun at 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 this crazy pansy movement in America, are they? I, no, no, I no. think they're no doing way. the opposite. I think they're being serious. Yeah, this yeah. is totally serious. Yeah, you have been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm a little bit. You know, Larry David is very surprising me. He's he's poking a lot of fun at the left he is. lately. He is a lot of fun. It's been a really good season, yes. by the way. If you've not watched it and you have access, it's been a really good season so far. You know, what this reminds me. Of? Did you, you remember on Saturday? You because you mentioned Saturday Night Live. Remember the ambiguously gay duo? Yes, that yeah. was like one of the best skits skits, uh, skits ever. Yeah, that's exactly what this reminds or me of. Pat. Only it's not parody. <laughs> Pat. They could, could they not do, do that. that no, they do no, Pat no. Could not. Uh-uh. <laughs> They've got to bring back Pat. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just I can't imagine how anyone would go see this movie. And by the way, I did, I'm like I know I read this on a reputable news source today. It was at the Daily Wire. It's there right now. Okay. Daily Wire. Marvel Comics debuts its first non-binary superhero named Snowflake. Someone explain non-binary. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I think it means neither male nor female. Look, I have my computer out now with the quarantine. I don't have. I don't have cards. So it's a pencil or something like that. (laughs) No, I'm looking it up. Is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Non-binary or gender queer is a spectrum of gender identities that are not exclusively masculine or feminine. Again. So I I guess it's it is Pat. It's Pat. It's, yeah, Pat. it's Pat. You it's look Pat at them and you're like, line. I'm not sure if you're a male or a female because you look kind of androgynous. That pisses me off, man. Because <laughs> seriously, I love I love superhero movies, and now and Marvel movies were great until well, there yeah. was a shift though. There was a certain shift, and you could tell. All of a sudden, they just started doing different things. What is Deadpool? Deadpool's is that great. Marvel? That's Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not holding some, back. But they brought some stuff in to Deadpool too. To like take it back a little bit? No, which like the LGBT agenda. Seriously? Yeah, you didn't see that? No. In the second, well, maybe in the second. In the second one. one. Oh yes, yes, yes. yeah. I don't. I don't know who's watched it. I don't want to give spoilers. <laughs> but sorry, finish your thought, and then we'll break. No, it was, it was just. It was interesting, right? When all of this, when their lobby really started getting a lot of power, I guess. Yeah. That's right when they kind of kicked in, and then all of a sudden the Avenger movies were kind of like, uh, mm. or some of the other new characters they they had they were you know bringing in really overhyping, and then you're like, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty much done with them. I'm not. I'm not going to continue to watch this. You see, their new rollout is very very similar. Like, uh, for instance, like. They're trying to transition Hulk into a. Fe- uh, it's going to be like a female. What? Yeah. What? Like, I, I can't. Do no. That. It's, it's going to be a different Hulk, and they're going to introduce her, but she's going to be the main person, not the original. It's Hulk. Like the six million dollar woman. They had the six million dollar man. Right. So they the six million dollar oh. woman, no female Hulk. They're doing the same thing for Thor. It's going to be a female <gasps> Thor instead of Thor. Thora. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. It's good that the superheroes are men. Would you stop it already? Wonder Woman. I'm a big Wonder Woman I'm fan. I'm fine with Wonder no Woman Wonder because Wonder that Woman. was the original character. We don't need to make every single person who's ever existed in a movie the other gender. Stop it. I had a big crush on Catwoman for a long time. Did you? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay, which, old, okay we got to go, but which Catwoman? The, cat the old one. The old one, yeah, okay. with, with uh, who was the... Uh, Original Batman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, Michelle Michael... Pfeiffer was pretty hot. No, Catwoman. before that, I'm talking. Okay. I'm talking when I was a kid. Okay. Well, I kind of had a crush red, on, on that Catwoman. All right, back in a minute.
Yesterday's poll, have you done anything to prepare for coronavirus? Uh, 59%, 60% said no. You have not. 40% said yes. That's an interesting, interesting uh, ratio there. 60% of you have not done anything to prepare for coronavirus. You're not scared. You're not scared of some stinking Chinese virus. Uh, Today's poll, will government intervention in response to coronavirus ultimately help or hurt the economy? What do you think, Grant? Will government intervention ultimately help or hurt the economy? Government intervention has already crushed the economy. It's not even a poll about what it will do. It's what it's already done. It's true. And ultimately, it's like, well, I mean, it might stimulate the economy eventually if you give people certain amounts of money, but eventually we're going to have to pay that back. We can't just keep crushing the economy. They have shut down commerce in America. Um, uh, I've never seen America. America looks weak right now. What do you think? It really does. Yeah, it's it has already crushed it. And then the debt that we're going to pay and further on down the line is also going to continue to hurt the economy. Depressing. So it's depressing. It's I'm it's sorry. <laughs> it's I depressing. tried to get into the movie. I'm sure I'm like everybody's depressed about this. Let's go oh. back to bashing Marvel. By the way, but don't forget. <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't trust China. China is <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.